Welcome to the Jewish Prayer Podcast on jewishcoffeehouse.com. I'm Rabbi Scott Kahn, and today, in advance of Yom Kippur, I want to look at the 13 attributes of mercy, the Yud Gimel Midot of Rachamim. We say these over and over during the Slichot, because it says in Masechet Rosh Hashanah that God made a covenant with Moshe Rabbeinu and with all of Am Yisrael, that any time B'nai Yisrael need forgiveness, they can recite these 13 attributes of mercy, and God will hear the prayer and forgive them. According to Sefer Tomer Devorah by Rav Moshe Cordovero, the great 16th century Kabbalist who lived in Svat, it's not enough that we recite these attributes over and over. What we have to do is understand what they are and try to embody them in our own lives. With that in mind, what I would like to do now is to look at the 13 attributes of mercy according to Sefer Tomer Devorah, explain what all of them are, and then also, again, using Sefer Tomer Devorah's advice, explain how we can use them in our own lives. Sefer Tomer Devorah starts off by mentioning that there are two sets of attributes. There's first of all the set Hashem Hashem Kilrachum Chanun that comes from Parsha which we repeat over and over during Slichot and Yom Kippur. Those were given after the sin of the golden calf, when God was angry at Am Yisrael. Sefer Tomer Devorah says there's a higher level of Midot of Rachamim, from Sefer Micha, the begin Mikel Chamocha. These, he said, are the same Midot of Rachamim, but they're the Midot of Rachamim given when God was happy with Am Yisrael. In other words, a higher level of mercy. So when I go through each of the 13 Midot, I'll mention the Midot according to Rav Moshe Cordovero in Sefer Shmot, as well as the parallel Midot from Sefer Micha. The first one is Hashem Hashem Kel, parallel to Mi Kel Chamocha. This means that God is patient, tolerant, and bearing insult, without withholding goodness from the offender. The way we implement this in our lives, says Rav Moshe Cordovero, is that we should be willing to overlook slights and continue to help even those who cause us distress. The second Mida is Rachum, parallel to Noseavon. Despite the fact that a person who sins creates a negative spiritual force, as it says, somebody who does one sin has acquired for himself a prosecuting angel. Nevertheless, that negative force is borne by God rather than by the sinner. In other words, the sinner, rightly, should be forced to carry this force around him, but God actually is the one who holds the force on his behalf until the sinner eliminates it through repentance or afflictions. The way we implement this in our lives is that we should have even greater patience than that expressed in the first Midah and accept the person who is repenting and who has done us wrong even if the effect and results of his transgressions still remain in effect. Even though the consequences of what he did still exist, we should forgive him regardless. The third attribute of mercy is V'chanun, parallel to V'over al-Pesha, God cleans the sinner himself without using a messenger. We can implement this by not saying, why should I try to fix problems another person brought on himself? Rather, we should try to fix things on other people's behalf. Additionally, a person should be embarrassed to sin again, knowing that God himself is washing him off. The fourth midah, erech, parallel to lisheirit nachlato, means that God acts with compassion, as a member of a family acts with compassion towards his relative. Implementing this means that every Jew should see himself as connected to every other Jew. In fact, every Jew has a part of every other Jew within him. 
Accordingly, we must act towards every other Jew with the compassion and respect we give to our family and to ourself. The fifth Midah, Apaim, is parallel to Lo Hechzik Adapo. This means that God lets his anger grow weaker over time, even when the sinner continues his sinful ways. It also means that God acts towards us with compassion or sometimes anger, but only depending upon what is best for us. The way we implement this, says Ramosha Cordovero, is that even when we have the right to be angry or the right to chastise someone, we may not chastise more than is necessary to make the point. And then we must abandon our anger. It must be entirely for the sake of the person who did wrong to us. If using compassion instead of anger will work just as well, then we certainly must do that instead of acting with anger. It's not about venting my emotions. It's about improving the person who did something wrong. The sixth midah is virav chesed, parallel to ki chafet chesedhu. This means that there is a heavenly chamber in which our acts of kindness are stored. When we are in need of mercy, God looks at these acts of kindness and thereby forgives Israel even when we don't deserve it. The way we implement this in our own lives is that we should always look for a redeeming quality in those who are otherwise mistreating us and allow this realization that there is a good quality to lessen our anger. We must never ignore the offender's good qualities even as he's doing us evil. The seventh midah, ve'emet, is parallel to Yashuv Yerachamenu. This means that God is closer to an individual after repentance than God was before the sin had taken place. The way we implement this is by understanding that if someone genuinely wants to make amends, we must attempt to renew our friendship in its entirety, becoming closer to the person now than we were before. We shouldn't let his actions undermine our friendship permanently. We should make our friendship even stronger. The eighth midah is Notzer Chesed. Parallel to Yichbosh Avonotenu. God does not allow us to exchange our good deeds in order to pay for our bad deeds. Instead, our good deeds remain intact, and we must deal with our transgressions separately. Why is this a positive midah? Why can we not pay God with our good deeds to make up for our bad deeds? This is because God has created a system in which the reward for our good deeds is infinitely greater than the punishment for our transgressions. If he allowed us to exchange one for the other, it would be a grossly unfair trade that we would ultimately regret. Accordingly, God doesn't let us make a bad trade for ourselves. If we did something bad, we must take care of it through repentance. But we cannot simply say, I did a mitzvah and I'll trade you the mitzvah in order to get rid of the bad deed because it's not worth it for our sake. The way we implement this is that when we recount a person's transgression, we shouldn't discount the good that he also did for us. We should always recall the good that someone did for us and try to put aside the negative actions. The negative actions shouldn't discount the good that the person also did. The ninth mida is la'alafim, parallel to v'tashlich v'mtzelot yam kol chatotam. This means that God not only saves Israel when it repents, but he even punishes those who try to destroy her for her transgressions. The way we can implement this is the following. When a person suffers as a consequence of his misdeeds, we should take care of that person and try to save him from his enemies, rather than saying that this person is getting what he deserved. He brought it upon himself. The tenth midah, Nosei Avon, is parallel to Titain Emet Liakov. 
The name Yaakov represents those who act in accordance with the Torah, but do not go beyond the requirements of the Torah. God treats these individuals with compassionate justice, acting towards them fairly and faithfully. The way we implement this is by acting fairly and faithfully, never perverting justice and having truthful compassion. The 11th Midah is Vapesha, parallel to Chesed Avraham. The name Avraham refers to those who do more than the letter of the law requires. For those individuals, God goes beyond what the letter of the law requires and acts with additional kindness. The way we implement this is by treating all people justly and fairly, and we should act towards the righteous with an additional degree of kindness and compassion. If, for example, we are patient with everyone, we must demonstrate additional patience with the righteous. The twelfth midah is v'chata'ah, parallel to asher nishpata lavotenu. Unlike those individuals referred to by the names Avraham and Yaakov in the previous two midot, this refers to people who are not acting properly. Despite the fact that they're not doing the right thing, God nevertheless acts towards them with compassion, for he recognizes the greatness of their ancestors, their zechut avot. We too must not act with cruelty towards the wicked, but instead recognize that they too are children of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The thirteenth and last midah is Vinake, parallel to Mime Kedem, which means days of old. When even the merit of our forefathers is not sufficient, God remembers our childhood, the days long ago when we did deserve his mercy. He remembers his love from that time and forgives us despite our current actions. He looks back at our past and remembers the time that we were deserving and uses that to have compassion today. And Rav Moshe Cordovero points out that this attribute is the strongest of the 13 and includes within it the previous 12. And we implement this by thinking that even when the above reasons to be compassionate do not apply to someone, we must recognize that there was a time when every individual was blameless. There was a time when every individual was innocent. The recollection that deep within every sinful adult hides the innocent child that he once was should inspire us to treat everyone without exception with love and compassion. Gemar Chatimat Tova to all of you. Tzom Kal. You've been listening to the Jewish Prayer Podcast on jewishcoffeehouse.com.